Hello everyone, welcome to the Read More Books podcast. My name is Eamon and I'm here trying to read more books and share with you some of my thoughts of those books along the way. And we're here again with Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And in the second part of the book where I read through last night, he explores uh, predominantly the area and the idea of cultural legacy. And what exactly that means is quite interesting. It talks about what factors of our life are automatically built into us due to the culture that we come from. So that could be our behaviors, our habits, anything like that, basically spawning from our our culture. And it's a fascinating topic because he goes to tell us about some stories where people are basically willing to put their lives on the line just to upkeep these cultural legacies that he discusses. And so the first first chapter in part two, we start with investigating a long-standing feud between two families of a town called Harlan um, as a basis for the aggressive and provocative nature of Southerners in America and how essentially um, conflict and butting heads with one another are built in, built into their culture just because of how they were raised and how they were perceived in their community. So me being not from America, I don't can't really confirm whether or not Southerners are typically more aggressive than everyone else. But not only are there sort of the cultural implications on behavior, but also uh, physiology, where when measuring levels of stress hormones in their body after a being insulted in the hallway prior to an experiment, they showed much higher levels than people from the north part of America, which I thought was incredibly interesting. So much so that the the behavior, the attitudes that we have built into us from our culture affect what is considered to be something that's uh, not tangible, has tangible results on our physiology and how that how that affects us. And to go on a little bit further, he tells about another another aspect, so apart from physiology, but also and behavior, how about communication? And through that, he talks about the story of Korean Air and how they, after a series of crashes in the uh, 20th century, changed their entire uh, setup, setup of the how the uh, social hierarchy normally runs, and completely revamped the way their communication is run because what was happening essentially is that with the intent of not causing any offense in the cockpit members of the uh, the flight team so the co-pilot and the flight engineer would be very hesitant to bring up the fact that they were about to crash which is kind of crazy kind of crazy to imagine that someone who with the expertise and the knowledge that there is an imminent imminent danger about to happen would not want to alert the captain the person in charge of the plane just because they felt as if they would be crossing some some boundaries and a similar example is shown with a different airline where they were not uh, were not able to communicate effectively with the air traffic control center so what ended up happening is they ran out of fuel because they weren't they did not want to offend offend anyone by saying they were going to run out of fuel and as a result they they crashed and it's kind of crazy kind of crazy to imagine that through through these habits through these um, methods of communication that we've sort of developed 
as a byproduct of our culture where we come from they have crazy crazy implications on the rest of our rest of our lives and the last the last example that we're given is why asian people are better at maths and i mean i can't confirm or deny it but um Malcolm puts together a very very convincing argument that this is the case first of all he talks about the number system the number system being where in english we have numbers like 11 and 12 which don't really mean anything they just one two and well they're just 11 and 12 but the the alternative in um in asian asian number systems is that the those numbers are instead 10 10 1 or 10 2 kind of like should be so that takes a lot of um, a lot of thought, I guess, out of out of maths and makes it a little bit easier for some. But I suppose the more important factor exists around hard work and persistence and the cultural influences that people have to those uh, those topics and those ideas. And he's the evidence. The evidence base for this is that a Tim's study, which is the Trends in International Mathematics and Science. The main researcher behind that study strongly believed that you could accurately predict the countries which would do the best in tests uh, based on the importance that the culture of a country places on hard work. So countries which prioritise hard and diligent work and persistence would inevitably perform better in maths, maths tests or anything of the sort where a persistent effort to problem solving is required. And the evidence for this as a, as a cultural, so as this stemming from a cultural uh, position as opposed to just parenting or anything like that, is that there's a widely regarded uh, proverb in Chinese culture that says, no one can rise before dawn 365 days of the year and fail to make his family rich. And this essentially means that you cannot, it is impossible if you work hard for every single day of your life, it is impossible to not be successful. And the importance that that proverb puts on hard work is easy to see. Imagine uh, growing up in a household where you're told that success is, your level of success is simply a byproduct of the amount of work you put in. And from there, I suppose it's not hard to see why people from these hardworking cultures generally do better at topics such as mathematics, where hard work and problem solving is, is, is essential. So to wrap it all up, I suppose, what does this all have to do with success? Well, as we've learned so far in the previous parts of the book is that success is the sum. It's the sum of every factor of a person's being. But to make this not so demotivational for all of us who are not from hardworking cultures, obviously, is that it's subject to change. Just as we saw in the Korean Air Airlines example, the quality of communication was ineffective for their job, so it was changed. Just like our approach to hard work, communication or our perceived limitations from our background can all be changed as well. So where it all begins, though, is with an awareness, an awareness of what these cultural legacies in us are. So my question for today is, what cultural legacies do you have? Can you think of any? And are they benefiting you or holding you back? And if you want to dive even further, can you identify where they came from? And I think that would be a good question to have a think about. I think it would be absolutely fascinating to identify the origins of some of these factors and working backwards to see if you could understand which ones are good 
and unwind the bad ones. So again, thank you very much for listening in and I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it useful. I think this idea is definitely worth uh, investigating in ourselves and I appreciate you for listening as, as always and don't forget to read more books.